This episode of Truce Table is brought to you by Truce Table. By Truce Table. Black women's musings on life, love, and liberations everywhere where books are sold. Online, in the stores, at your mama's pop bookstore. Go buy our book. Everywhere. Period. In Varsity Press, whose vision is to catalyze redemption, restoration, and revival in our divided and broken world. Follow IVP on Twitter at Ivy Press and visit IVP's website at www.ivpress.com. And Faith Life, the makers of Logos Bible software. Faith Life uses technology to equip the church to grow in the light of the Bible. Learn more about Logos Bible software at logos.com and follow Logos on Instagram and Facebook. Hey y'all, welcome to Truth Table, Midwives of Culture for Grace and Truth. I'm Akemini. And I'm Christina. This table is built by Black women and for Black women. So welcome to the table, see How you doing, girl? Oh, I'm out here doing. You know, I, I feel like in some ways I am recovering from all that food that we ate oh. in Hotlanta. Hello, shout out to Hotlanta foodies because you get my respect. <laughs> I know you. You didn't. I guess you weren't. You, you, it feels like this is a a, a late revelation for you. This, is a, this was an epiphany for me because when I think about good food in the United States context, Atlanta, Atlanta doesn't typically come to mind. What comes yeah. to mind for me is like New Orleans, New York City. I've got some other places that I think about before. LA. Yeah, before for sure. Before I think about Atlanta, but now I'm like I'm gonna put some respect on Atlanta's name. You know what I'm saying when it comes to that food situation they got going on. Oh, so yeah. I see you, Atlanta. I see you. <laughs> yeah, it is. Their food is delicious. When I go to Atlanta, I'm going for the eats. I know I'm going to eat good. So, uh, yeah, but anyway, uh, yes, y'all, we were in Atlanta for mm-hmm. the homecoming grand finale. And it, it was all that. <laughs> all of that. It was grand. <laughs> it was grand. Uh, grand finale, homecoming of uh, Woman Thou Art Loosed. And so, you know, this is uh, T.D. Jakes's um, very famous, um, maybe even infamous at this point because it's so big, right? Um, conference. And uh, we decided to, uh, we were uh, there, Truth Table, uh, received press credentials to cover the conference. And so we were in Atlanta from Wednesday to Saturday. So it was quite a few days, right? See, it was a... Yeah, yeah, it was a while. <laughs> it was definitely a while. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Wednesday, Thursday. Yeah, no, four days, four days. It was, it was a process. <laughs> a, process a process of loosing, okay? It, ta- it takes some time to get loose. <laughs> it, does. It, it does. My little soundtrack in my mind was show to get loose. Yes, look. I, I want to get loose, which is not the song that they play, by the way. That just lets you know our our, our secular default next movie. That's my mental. That's, my mental. <laughs> That's right. I, I still have. I still need to be loose, y'all. Yes, <laughs> still need to be loose, y'all. Some of the grave clothes are still hanging on there. Um. So, see what? Why? Why? Why did Truth Table? feel the need to cover uh, Women That Aren't Loosed. And what yeah. did the conference mean to you kind of going in? What were your, you know, your expectations or your perspective mm-hmm. on Women That Aren't Loosed? Yeah. So, I mean, I think it was important for True Table to cover it because, um, you know, we, I, I hope people have discerned that we do have a commitment to the life experiences, spiritual health, and well-being of Black women. And I look at um, Women Thou Art Loose, like the movement that is Women Thou Art Loose, as an important um, sociological and theological 
moment and maybe even compass. Like it can kind of be telling, like it's a bit of, it, it can, it can be a bit of a pulse check. I think I was going in some ways to obviously learn and be edified and grow and, and, and praise Jesus wherever we go. But, but also I was, I was using it to give me a sense of um, how black, black women were experiencing their own spiritual liberation through this one significant outlet. Now, it's not the only one, but it is incredibly important. So I thought as a sociological and theological event, it would be it would be important for Truth Table uh, because of where we find ourselves in kind of the, the Christian mm-hmm. landscape to cover this and to, and to understand it and to be amongst um, our sisters in Christ um, to experience woman thou art loose. And you got to say it with your chest, you know, woman thou art loose. You know, you got to say it like you mean it with both feet flat. So um, that's why I thought it was important. How, how about you? Eve? What were you thinking about in terms of being being a part of the official press team to cover Woman Thou Art? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I thought it was important for us to cover um, Woman Thou Art Loosed for several reasons. One, uh, the reputation of the conference precedes, <laughs> precedes itself. It's um, It's a conference that's always been like hanging like in the recesses of my mind and it's always been kind of salient too I would say um yeah. since childhood you know you just hear like the legend that is heart <laughs> <laughs> loosed you know um and in the in the 90s there were a lot of um places I would say in spaces um mm-hmm. for black uh Christian uh faith to be expressed in a variety of ways and a variety of different um uh, theological traditions and denominations that we just don't see anymore. You know, to that degree, this this predates okay. COVID too. I would say, I, I would say there there has been uh, a void in that way um, for some time now. So I, I was uh, too young to do Woman Thou Art Loose when I was, you know, uh, back in the nineties. Although I know that there were, you know, young young girls there too. But you know. We, and we had the money to go out there and do all that. So anyway, so <laughs> I just remember, <laughs> I do remember the rumblings, right, of how legendary it is. Listen, you, I, need, you, needed, you needed the woman that are lose layaway plan. Come on now. <laughs> you, have money. You, got, you need to have disposable income to be able to go to woman that are loose, or you need the favor of the Lord to rest upon you and somebody be moved to pay for your ticket and your flight to get there, which we heard some of those testimonies. We heard some of the sisters, you know, say that. Um, so yeah, so that to me was important. And then, of course, Truth Table being a, a table built by Black women and for Black women, uh, uh, two Black women who uh, do, by God's grace, public ministry um, at the intersection of theology, sociology, uh, pop culture. Uh, it was important for us to be there. And I knew that as the finale, that I f- had a sense that this is going to be huge. <laughs> this is going to be historic. I, I felt that there would be something uh, important to observe and to watch and to witness. And so I was, I'm glad I went. Um, and I, I can't deny the ways that um, even a sermon, like No More Sheets by uh, Juanita Bynum, however you feel about our sister, um, was huge. <laughs> cataclysmic. It really was very formative for me as a young Christian, even though I watched it years after um, that woman, years after she preached, right? At Woman Thou Art Loose, that, that sermon has a life of its own. And so uh, to me, it was important for me to go, bear witness, pay homage, um, and to see, and uh, to, to see what we can learn, how, how we could be loose, even as we were 
working. So, <laughs> so I think I that's get loose. <laughs> I was like, I know we're working, but I also need to be loose. So let's come on now. We could do both things at the same time. <laughs> um, so it was a blessing. Uh, I'm, I'm glad that we were able to go and, and do this. Absolutely. And I, I think uh, to, to your point about the, the scale, the scope, the impact of this event in the life of uh, Black American, Black American Christianity specifically, but but certainly with uh, larger diasporic ripples. I just think that it's it's just an incredibly important event. It is not it is not the tradition that I was raised in. So I had much closer proximity, probably mm-hmm. to the National Baptist, Progressive Baptist, and the AME Church as a mm-hmm. child. But yet, you know, Black folk know about what's happening with the Charismatics and the Pentecostals okay. and the AMEs and the Kojics and the whatever. I mean, like, so there's a sense in which even if it's not your 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 first uh, theological hub, um, there is an awareness within Black America and Black Christian America about who T.D. Jakes is, for crying out loud, <laughs> and yeah. his national and global impact, right. and, all, and also this conference specifically. So I'm so glad that we were able to cover it and um, and experience not only the, the content of the conference, and we have lots of thoughts about it, but also more so to experience it through the eyes of the women that were present. And I think that was probably the most impactful part to me, that is, that, is to be amongst women, many of whom had done whatever it took. It was almost like, I'm going to touch the hem of his garment. In some ways, this conference represented this act of faith for them to receive this healing for something they have been longing to be delivered from. And certainly that deliverance, I would say largely as a trauma therapist, had a had a implicit trauma context to it. Um, I don't know if that was said right on the nose, but I, I felt like if I was writing the mission statement for Women Thou Art Loose, I would probably be write, write a mission statement to talk about it as a conference and a movement um, that uh, that removes shame from uh, sexual trauma and stereotyping and misogyny and misogynoir to set women free into the fullness of who God has them to be. Like, I mean, I, I would have a mission statement yeah. that's a bit more on the nose because that's what I felt like. I, I And I knew that on some level, but when I was there, I really knew it. I was like, oh, this is really going to resonate for people who are survivors in a variety of ways. Yeah. Um, and, and I think there was some, some intentionality about how it, how it's shaped in light of that. Would you say that too? Or what, what did you experience? Think, well, you know, speaking of your own mission statement, before I even go there, I, I think that's really the mission statement for what you observed from yeah. being there at Women That Aren't Loose. Um, I actually thought it was really interesting. In the press room, we got to talk to, well, we actually met our sister, Priscilla Shire, and uh, we had a great conversation with her. And in the press room, she talked about um, what the impact of Women That Aren't Loose meant to her and how it, that conference has ministered to her in years past. As, and you all may not know, but she was actually one of the speakers here at the conference, and she preached a powerful sermon um, entitled uh, Children With Power. All based off of Ephesians four, my goodness, when it's available, y'all need to, <laughs> y'all need yeah, to it was, do it. Yeah, it was, it was, it, it, it was powerful. Yeah, powerful. So, <laughs> um, so let's take a moment for y'all to um, hear our sister Priscilla Shire talk about what "Woman Thou Art Loose" meant to her. Well, I think the emphasis that has been placed on valuing women's roles in the church, highlighting their gifts, their talents, their abilities to serve the kingdom of God and really add value to what's happening in the life of the church. That is something that I think has not only impacted me, but has been a big part of the legacy that they're leaving behind. There are some doors that a woman like me or someone younger than me, we're not going to have to fight to push down because there has been such an emphasis in this movement placed on the importance of women 
um, and what we bring to the body of Christ. So I'm so grateful to Bishop Jakes and Miss Sarita for making that a part of their legacy and their influence through this ministry. How's it impacted my ministry? Where do I start? <laughs> I think the main thing for me, just personally, there have been a few years where I've just come and sat in the back somewhere and just received encouragement personally. So to be able to be recharged and refueled and then go back home and be the wife that God has called me to be, be the mom that God has called me to be, and then to feel like I have a spiritual undergirding from other sisters that I've met along the way that are supporting me in the, in the roles that God has given me, that sort of sisterhood, that fellowship, that friendship, that is something that you cannot place a price tag on. And so that is something that has been a blessing to me for woman now at least. You know, I'm so glad, you know, that our sister, you know, talked about her own the impact of woman that are loose on her and how it's helped to shape and form her. Um, you know, being there <laughs> at the conference, you know, I like when you talked about your own uh, political, I'm sorry, not political, you know, everything's political for us, theological <laughs> and, and, and spiritual and spiritual. Carry on. <laughs> You know, um, you know, tradition, it's interesting. I have an interesting, you know, spiritual upbringing. I have a, and I've told you this, Christina, I have a very, um, I have a lot of denominational. Yeah, for sure. Agility, a lot of denominational agility and flexibility. Yeah, sure. So growing up Lutheran, um, traditionally, so the woman that I loose and I'm in my mama's house, we grew up Lutheran, right? So that's complete. That's like, like the way. <laughs> Right, mm -hmm. but when I got saved, like for real, for real, um, uh, got came to a saving faith. I got saved in a non-denominational uh, Baptist Pentecostal tradition, and so right, those, right. Are, those are those are my roots. And so Jake's is not very far at no. all from my tradition, actually at all. So that is in the same lane for me personally. Except my church was not a mega church, right? So 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 for me, I can really move in a lot of different. Yeah. Areas I've been in the Baptist denomination currently in AME. This is not new for me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah you know, and I and I and I grew up in a mega church, which I think is unusual for people my age and a bit older. But yeah, I was. I mean, I I was. I grew up in a mega church with a lot of. At the same time, there was this kind of traditional Black Baptist feel, but it definitely was a mega church. So I understand yeah. church as I understand church as corporation. <laughs> Let me just say that. Well, well which we gonna get there? Um, you know, so, so I came in. Because of the, the legend that is woman thou art loosed, um, <laughs> I came in and me being a church woman um, and, and an old school church woman um, about to cross the Vernon Sands. I, mean, <laughs> I, I, I went into the conference expecting though I'm working. I came in with a spirit of expectation to on, on two levels uh, because I need to be loose from the very many, many burdens of my life. I got lots of stuff going on. Y'all stretch your hands, stretch your hands toward me. Right uh, right now, so right I came now. in with a spirit of ex expectancy in that regard, but I also came in expecting a church conference. Okay. <laughs> and so I'm the type of person that's like, we got to set the atmosphere. We need the banners going. That's, that's me. That's me. So I, I, I believe in that. I believe that's really important. Uh, who is a psalmist? That matters. Um, to set the atmosphere so that we can begin to till the ground and the soil of our hearts so that we can receive a deposit from the Lord. Uh, and from through whom the, the Lord will speak through, you know, the, the, the preachers, the various preachers um, that preach. So I came in with that expectation. Mm. Uh, on Wednesday night, I came in with my heart set, <laughs> loosed, and delivered. 
There you go. There you what go. About you? What about you? See, did you have it? What, what, yeah, when you hear that, did you have some expectations or, or did you come in just work mode or? I think I think I came in more observationally and but with that being said, always open to, you know, whatever God has for me in that space and or what God wants me to contribute <laughs> in that space to you, right? So I think I think that's kind of how I, I came into it. I mean, um I I, I felt like um like I there are some things that I was pretty pretty convinced I knew were going to be excellent. So for example, I knew that Fantasia and her mama were gonna sing their faces off and they did. <laughs> you know, like I was like, and I did, you know, and I was like, oh, is that I was like, is that the Sheila E up there in the rafters playing the drums with a metallic bodysuit on or whatever she's wearing? <laughs> Play, play, uh, play them drums for Jesus. I was like, listen, testify with the drum beat. I mean, that, that come on now, listen, and that is my kind of carrying on. By the way, so I, so I, so I'm a person who really, you know, I think there are a lot of people who critique the what they would determine what they would call the showmanshipness, per- performanceness of of mega churches, uh, enterprises, so to speak. But I do think that there is, I think for those of us who have been raised in it or familiar with it and have respect for people who are a part of it, um, there are some distinctions between what is just performance and what is people rendering before God the very, very best of their talent. And ultimately, at the end of the day, it's the Lord's business to judge what is, what is uh you know, yeah. a, fa- a facade and a performance and what really is just a person who's incredibly talented, talented and not shrinking it. And I appreciate that. I've seen church people attempt to shrink other people's talents, giftings, uh, because right. they were, uh, because they were uncomfortable and they projected on th- to them a lack of sincerity because of their excellence in their preaching and their singing and their teaching. And I'm like, stop being a hater. Like some people really are <laughs> gifted and let's let them shine because the, the gifts that they have actually aren't for themselves and they're not there to be there to edify us. Right. So I, I'm, I'm, I'm here for all that. I'm like, you know, play them drums, Sheila E. Play them drums to That's the glory right. of God. <laughs> so, so I, I, I enjoyed that. But also with that being said, I think I, ca- I continue to, to look at this experience as one in which I wanted to better understand the, the spiritual health of this particular segment of black Christian women in America. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, you know, you were talking about kind of the, um, the enterprise of <laughs> mega church. Well, I, I, I thought something that was which actually tracked with my experience now, you know, at, with being at Women That Aren't Loose because I I expected a church conference from beginning to end. That's me. You know, um, now I will say I got that on Wednesday. So I feel like I got what I needed, um, what I came for with that, you know, that spirit of expectancy on Wednesday night. Um, and actually before I even complete my thought, let me quickly shout out uh, Reverend Marissa F- uh, Farrow. Oh my goodness. She preached a word, uh, a, t- a sermon entitled, whatever you do, don't mm-hmm. change your declaration. And uh, she preached out of second Kings chapter four, verses 18 through 26. Blessed my whole life because me, I actually have the gift of faith, but I, um, but I'm also a realist. <laughs> um, so, so I can just see stuff and I'm like, Mm-mm-mm. which causes me to declare what I see. Which is not, you know, we don't want to live in a in, in a, under delusion. But I I often speak from a fear voice, as Christina has said, instead of sometimes a faith voice, and that the fear voice often wins out over my faith voice, um, just because America's got a lot going on. <laughs> There's a reason why. But 
But that really blessed me because I was like, you know what? I do. I do need to declare by faith, you know, what it is um, that God does promise us in his word. Not making stuff up, not no on some hocus pocus, but. Come on, clarify, clarify. I mean, that it is well, that it is well. You know, and so uh, so that was such a powerful sermon. Oh my goodness, it blessed me. Yeah, uh, it, was and then, it was a corrective. It was a it, it was it was something that helped to I in my mind as I listened and helped to put us right back on track, right? In terms yeah. of if we were kind of going off track, just to be reminded of what are God's promises. They are yes and amen, not what we make up. And let's not change our declaration in terms of what God has given us. Don't so I, I'm with it. you on that one. Don't change it. Don't change it. And so, um, and then um, evangelist Sandra Riley, oh my Lord, Woo! she preached a word, a, a sermon entitled, God can turn it around for you. <laughs> and she preached out of my favorite test to preach, Second yes, Kings chapter four, verses one to seven. And this, and this is when Akimini became a commit committed to the art of co-preaching. I was like, first of all, you're not on the stage. <laughs> I was her honor bearer in the seats. I was like, uh, she did not ask you to make point four B for her. I was completing her seven points off. She was preaching, y'all. She had literally said verbatim what I had just said to my girlfriend that day. Shout out to Dr. Shauna Knox. I literally, I was like, I am reaping what I did not sow. And I was like, I was just, look, y'all, I was co- When I start co-preaching, that means you really preaching. And when you can shout me on your sermon title, because I love a good title, Baby, I'm ready. I'm on the edge of my seat, about ready to run. I want to, <laughs> but I was like, that is not appropriate in this space because yes, this with, is, with, your, with your press mask. This is giving <laughs> church and conference and concert, and so this is not the place for me to throw a shoe. If we were in church, I could have thrown it, but I was like, I ain't gonna throw my shoe. I ain't gonna throw my shoe. So anyway, um, I didn't want to break my plate with the people either. So that though, I want to shout them out, and of course, our sister uh, Priscilla Shire. I know I mentioned uh, her sermon earlier. Children with power. Yeah. talking about our power in the Lord's spiritual warfare, talking about be ye holy, holiness. We don't hear that often. <laughs> Not in 2022. <laughs> she blessed me. She blessed me. It was a word I just needed to hear, another corrective, or I needed to hear, stay the course, keep going. You know, and, and it was a corrective for those who had veered, but it was like, keep going, sis. Keep going. Don't give up. Faint not. Keep pressing. Like, you know what I mean? It counts. It matters. Jesus sees like, yeah, I needed to hear that. And I will say, you know, I did double as, um, intercessory prayer warrior and media as I did go up to the altar to intercede for the people. Um, so, so I came in ready to be used. However, you know, that was, I actually thought that was, um, I think the most powerful moment in the, um, in the, uh, uh um, whole conference. Yeah. It was actually Priscilla's sermon. And so where people were laid out on the, you know, uh, on the altar, in this case, it was a makeshift altar now, but where people were, yeah, just there, um, just prostrate, receiving from the Lord and just being delivered. Um, So praise God for that. So um, anyway, sorry, I went into that second. You know, one one of the things you and I talked about was, you know, you know, theology always matters. And when I listen to people, you can listen to people and you can, and you can, you can hear them say and saying, and really the big one for me is you can hear people pray their theology. But prayer to, prayer to me is where our theology is most <laughs> revealed. And, in the um, table, you'll hear us pray and read the word. 
You'll hear. There you go. Time. There you go. Come on, it's not too late. Catch up. You can start from day one if you need to, or or you can binge listen right throughout the day. So check out that <laughs> podcast. But but it was um, it, it was a powerful moment, and I think it was. I think the reason why uh, Priscilla's uh, teaching for us, her sermon for us that morning was so powerful is because it was, it is always the basic elements that we trip over. It is not, it is not like this, this revelation of the third heaven. You know, we didn't think of Christianity, like, like we're going to a greater level of, 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 of the metaverse, so to speak, but it is, it is the kindergarten level things that we, that we trip over, that we Mm -hmm. stumble over. And, Mm -hmm. and by that, I mean, things like, oh, we want to live in the will, the ethical will of God, <laughs> or we need to forgive or to be kind to our neighbor. Okay. And, and, and it, it is those things that we are daily wrestling with and about. And I just think, yeah, again, it, it, was a, it was a wonderful reminder of the fact that we often may feel like we don't have enough and we're not enough. But as children of God, we have this inheritance that has already been unpacked That's for right. us. The inheritance is already at work right now through the deposit of the Holy Spirit. And so we have the strength through Jesus Christ to, to wrestle against principalities, to, to turn to Christ and turn away from the things that lie to us. And, and again, as we're saying this, this may seem really simple, but it was a profound reminder pulled directly from her text. Um, and again, she is, she is deeply skilled and gifted uh, to, oh. Period, yeah. point blank, along with many of the other uh, preachers uh, that were present. I mean, these are these these individuals are just bona fide homileticians. I mean, like, yes. like that's that's what they do. They 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 eat MCs for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. I mean, that's what they do. So, <laughs> just to give you some hip, this hip hop moment. That but, that- uh, there you go. There you go. But <laughs> but no. But but all of that to say is, and also I would say this too. And before we move into our, our next, to, we pause a bit. I did not feel like it was a contest. And I think that's important to say. So I'm, I'm a part yeah, of a tradition that grew up with things like, you know, like seven, the seven last words series. I have been a part of uh, preach-a-thons, tag team, you know, I, I, who can, you know, who can out hoop who. And despite, as I mentioned, the giftedness of these homileticians, it did not feel like I'm, I'm now I'm on stage and now I have to one up you. I, now I've got to go to a, you know, because, because this crowd responded to you in this way. Now I have to do this. And I so appreciate that because we're not going to grow in a space of competing against each other. We need to, we need to, we need to be grateful for however the Lord has equipped us with our unique voice, whether that is our ability to sing or to write or to, whatever it is, whatever it is, not to despise the gifts that God has given us. And I would say, I did see that on display, that there was a beautiful camaraderie between these sisters in Christ who were powerhouses in their own right, but I did not, I did not sense a competitiveness. And I love that. I really, right. really love that. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. And you did feel that camaraderie. There wasn't like um, imitation or trying to, uh Oh, you know, I got to really bring it. It was like, no, I think people were staying in their own lane, you know, using the gifts as God has given it, given to them. And so that was, that was beautiful um, uh, to see, you know, so um, let's take a quick, commercial break y'all so then y'all can process for a moment what we've said um and we will come right back to the table so don't go nowhere keep it locked and stay loosed truth's table black women's musings on life love and liberation is a classic in the making according to tracy michelle lewis jiggett's author of black joy Stories of Resistance, Resilience, and Restoration. New York Times bestselling author, Dr. Jamar Tisby, says that people often say, listen to Black women. Now at Truth's Table, you have your chance. 
We don't deserve the gift of this book, but once again, Black women have generously served us all. If we are to actually alleviate the immense burdens our sisters bear, then we must heed their words. T. Morgan Dixon, co-founder of Girl Trek, says this, There is a textured knowing in this book, a spiritual enlightenment, made brighter by the author's own personal breakthroughs. The way they describe the fabric of our collective trauma makes me trust their solutions. And Dr. Joy Harden Bradford, founder of Therapy for Black Girls, says that Truth's Table, Black Women's Musings on Life, Love, and Liberation, shines a light on some of our most vulnerable places as Black women, leaving no stone unturned. Truth's Table, Black Women's Musings on Life, Love, and Liberation, is a clarion call to consider our communal truths by opening ourselves up to a deeper inner truth. By Truth's Table, Black Women's Musings on Life, Love, and Liberation, wherever books are sold. A Just Mission by Mehdes Hadis answers the burning and problematic issues with regard to mission work. These are the questions that often arise. Why do American Christians travel overseas to reach people in distant lands, but neglect ministering to people who immigrate from those lands to their home communities? Why does Western missions funding depend on narratives that marginalize indigenous leadership? Why are diaspora Christians from the global South not seen as legitimate missionaries to the West? Western missions often still center the senders without as much understanding the experiences of the receivers. Mekdes Hadis, an Ethiopian now living in the United States, provides a post-colonial critique of Western mission, upending the white savior complex and arguing for a more globally just approach. Mekdes Hadis is the founder and executive coach of Just Missions, an online community for missionaries, mission professionals, and ministry leaders seeking a more just approach to global mission. Truth Table listeners can save 30% off of a just mission when they order at ivypress.com using promo code TRUTH22. That's promo code TRUTH22 at ivypress.com. Y'all know here at Truth Table, we believe in getting in the word, which is why we are so happy to share this great deal with you from Logos Bible Software. Logos Bible Software is a powerful Bible study and sermon prep platform that allows you to study scripture and consult commentaries, devotionals, Bible dictionaries, and so much more, all from your computer, tablet, or phone. But maybe you've never heard of Bible software before. That's okay. Ain't no shame in the game. With Logos Bible Software, you can easily search and store books, hundreds of thousands of them, in fact. Every Logos book, from commentaries to Bible studies, resources on Christian living, they are all contained within the Logos library. So when you search for a word or a theme or a verse, Logos pulls everything together for you, making research, learning, and studying the word much easier and faster. So at this point, you're probably thinking, but do I really need it though, sis? The short answer is yes, particularly if you're one that teaches or you're a Bible study teacher or you're preaching, this resource will really help you. Logos Bible Software is an invaluable tool for anyone at any spiritual level that wants to go deeper in their studies. And Truth Table listeners can get Logos Bible Software with a 35% off discount when you order at logos.com slash truthstable. That's right. Truthstable listeners will save 35% off of Logos Bible Software when you order at logos.com slash truthstable. Let's get in the word, y'all. 
So we are back and we hope that y'all have been enjoying eavesdropping, listening in to our conversation about our experience at Woman Thou Art Loosed. Um, and you know what was interesting, Kimmy, and we, we talked about this, is that it, at times the ways that there were moments where it felt like, you know, like a good old church service. Sometimes it felt like, again, 10 to 20,000 person intense conference. And there were also sometimes that it felt like a business launching. It was like, you know, here go a product, here go, you know, it was, it, it was high, it, there was a very, very real commercialized element from the jackets, from the themes. It has this kind of black college homecoming theme, right? I was like, are we pledging? Are we in a sorority right now? I, I felt, uh, I was getting flashbacks, y'all. I so like, all, <laughs> I was like, wait a minute now. It was, it was, it was, pledge, huh? yeah, yeah. <laughs> so there, there, there were many, many layers, but you've been pledging life. There were many, many layers uh, that were happening at one and you know it was interesting to be in the press room and to hear Bishop Jakes talk about. Remember, I talked about this idea as a church, as a conference, as a business launching. To hear him in his own words talk about his actual business launchings that are taking place. So that was one of the things that we experienced was was the launching, uh, was the p- public release and recognition of of some pretty powerful, significant business opportunities that he's a part of. And so let's hear him in his own words in the press room talking to us about his uh, business launchings. Thank you for being here. I am delighted to have this opportunity. Never in the history of our conference have we ever stopped in the middle of a conference to have a press conference. Mm -hmm. So that speaks to the fact of how important you are and your voices are to propelling a narrative that is fresh, that is innovative, that is disruptive thinking, that is exciting. I think I should start the journey by saying, uh, as I said from the stage, I I am not ending woman hour loose. Go play golf. (laughs) <laughs> I am on another assignment, and another mission, which includes a commitment to facilitating uh, mixed-use, mixed-income, affordable housing that will enable us to have upward mobility and leveraging my platform to form alliances with other partners and corporations throughout the country who have shared values and interests in bringing about equity and equality and opportunity for all people. Through our foundation, TDJ Foundation, we are committed to going the next step to job creation, to help to facilitate opportunities for equal employment, for women, for people of color, for people who have been uh, overlooked and ignored. We are helping corporations to fulfill their commitment after the tragedy of George Floyd to bring about a more equitable and more balanced society through inclusion. Very few corporations have DEI commitments that they are not taking seriously. And those that are not taking it seriously, we're challenging them. We're working in concert and collaboration with the NAACP. We're committed to accomplishing many, many goals. The one thing that we started to realize is that all you see of me is preaching. So all you think of me is preaching. But the truth of the matter, DBJ's Enterprises, which is headed by uh, Michael Phillips in the back, who is our COO for TDJ's Enterprises, is older than the publish house. It's just that we're not on TV. 
So people only believe what they see. Uh, TDJ's Enterprises is the enterprise instrument through which we do our films, a litany of films of which we've done with Sony, down to the years, occasionally with Fox. Occasionally we have done our own content. We partnered with Lifetime and various institutions to facilitate entertainment, which is beyond entertainment. Quite frankly, it's employment, it's exposure, it's telling our own narrative. We have our own book imprint. We produced our own books and materials that we dabbled into children's books. We have been best-selling author numerous times. My book, Soul, was on the New York Times list for about 18 weeks. All of that is up under the enterprise. Now we're going into entrepreneurship, training and mentoring entrepreneurs. I looked at the stats of women of color going into business more readily than any other people group. But the question is, their sustainability is challenged. Access to capital and resources and marketing, mentoring and tutoring is stopping them from reaching their goals. We want to help to facilitate a methodology that will enable them to have somebody to talk to when they get into problems, to have resources available to extend their brand, to get distribution is difficult in our country. And if you get distribution, you still have marketing to overcome. So while you are occasionally getting distribution, you don't have the adequate marketing to let the consumer know that you're there. We want to be a part of that. We want to continue to do films up under TDJ Enterprises. We want to continue to do uh, teaching, lectures, mentoring, tutoring, development, conversations, interviews, so that we can help to celebrate and promulgate an ideology that shows a different aspect of our community that often escapes the view of television. We are particularly excited to announce to you today, just released, that we have entered into a partnership with Amazon. And because of our partnership with Amazon, they have asked us for 300 hours of my preaching content. The first time in the history of Amazon. So that that preaching content will be available December 1st. And Woman Thou Art Loose, as we have enjoyed it this week, and all of the preaching formats that we do around the world will continue to live on Amazon for your children and your children's children to relive these moments indefinitely. So we're incredibly excited about it. Uh, Amazon is incredibly excited about it. They have never put preaching on their format before. It is not an exclusive deal, so we're open to considering other deals and opportunities of like manner. It is a forward-thinking process as we begin to understand that entertainment, teaching, preaching, whatever, through cyber uh, instruments is becoming the more prevailing instrument and the way in which we consume content. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That is not to say that I still won't be on television, mm -hmm. but it is to move with the times forward in a progressive manner to accomplish what we have set out to do. We're excited about that. We're excited that our new release finally loosed with Sheila E, who performed at the opening of the show, uh, with Tamar Braxton, uh, with Miranda Curtis, who is getting ready to sing in a moment, mm -hmm. is going to be, is available now 
and will be available in Africa simultaneously through our first partnership ever with Rock Nation. Rock Nation has taken on this project. They are dropping it all throughout the continental U.S. and through their partner facilities, they are making it available in Africa as well. Uh, many of you may not realize it, but our ministry is actually more popular in Africa than it is in the U.S. Finally, I will suggest to you, this is, this is uh, my dream, aspirational, is to hold summits where the best of the influencers in the continent of Africa come together with the best of influencers in the U.S. to discuss and sit down at round tables how we can do business between ourselves and be able to sustain ourselves much like other minorities have done in the history of this country. They have not disassociated themselves from their roots and have benefited from it, producing more fruit, more camaraderie, more understanding, and more healing. So, Kimberly, what was that like for you? I mean, I, I was, you know, there are people who have very different convictions about... <laughs> about about the, the 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 faith space, the church space and its its relationship to business. Obviously some people are incredibly comfortable, some people are not comfortable at all. Um how how was that sitting with you? How did you process kind of the hey, here's a product for you to buy? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Whew. Yeah, this part I'm like, oh boy, well. Um you know, it was interesting interesting to hear Bishop TD Jakes talk about, you know, kind of Almost like, um, in some ways, like people only know me as a pastor, as if I don't know. I thought, I thought that was interesting. I just, I just, I haven't heard a pastor articulate that in that way. But I also am a businessman, and I do these things. Um, I, so I learned quite a bit. I did not know that his following is actually bigger <laughs> in Africa and around the globe than it is here in America. That was news to me. Very interesting. Um, when you talk about the diaspora you know, and continental connections and things like that. Um, sure, sure. That was interesting. Um, and then of course the business ventures with um, Amazon and rock nation, you know, um, yeah, I, I, uh, and I, I do struggle. I'm not going to lie. I do struggle with enterprise capital and business with ministry. I just do. And that could be because I just have a prophetic calling and prophet prophets can't be on the payroll. So this is why I'd be like, well, well, it's just me and Jesus. Jesus is going to provide all my daily bread. And, you know, we just, we going to just trust God. <laughs> so, oh, God. Pro pro prophets stay on a fixed income. Carry on. <laughs> a capitalist. I am not. Okay. I, I'm just not, you know, I do my best, but you know, it is what I leave the, the rest of the Lord. But I do struggle in that. But particularly what I struggled with, honestly, was, um, well, I thought it was interesting that he actually said that, you know, yes, there's a church, the mega church, but then there's, there's a church, but underneath that are the businesses. That was also an interesting description to me, but being there at the conference at that point, that was on, we were about two or three days into the conference at that point. And I was like, you know what? This is accurate. Like, you know, cause that, that, that's what the conference for me, what, that's what it was given after Wednesday night for me, Wednesday night felt like church. Um, because that was the first night we had just arrived, things like that. Um, and they had back to back was midnight madness. They had three uh, preachers, um, that night going back to back and, um, very, very powerful. And so, so I do struggle with that a little bit. And because I have some, uh, uh, spiritual, um, trauma actually behind that. I remember, uh, not to belabor the point, but not my church. Um, but I had gone to, you know, which again, I have a lot of 
denominational agility. So I remember going to either um, uh, intercessory prayer night or worship night or prophetic you know, night at a church, they locked the doors (laughs) in order to get Mm -hmm. offering and tithes from us. And it was just constant barrage and berating to get $100 lines, $1,000 line. Like it was that. Um, And that for me was very um, traumatic experience. And so uh, I'm a tither. I believe in offering. I believe in all of that. Um, But I don't believe in compulsion (laughs) and twisting people's arms and locking doors and threatening people, you know, um, and also giving false promises to people. If they tithe, then God will, you know? Um, so, so yeah, so that, some of that was a little triggering for me. Um, cause there was a little, not, not that, but there were some promises on the, and you know, that you'll be a hundred percent debt free and you'll praise God if you are. You know what I mean? I don't, I, but the way that systemic racism set up and maps onto the lives of black women, which was the audience, uh, I know that that's not true for most of the sisters <laughs> there in that room. And so that to me was off-putting for me. So that was something that I, that was a little discouraging to me. I don't know, Christina, what do you think? Or hope I haven't gone too far, but that for me was yeah, yeah. And and I do think that there are people who have discomfort when people that are a part of the church leadership or otherwise talk about talk about money. I mean, I don't I don't look at money like it's um like it it it, it in and of itself is a corrupted thing. Certainly the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. In other words, our our bloodlust for money, our greed for for money, our our putting our trust in money instead of our trust in God will will have us pierced on many sides because we'll get ourselves entangled in to foolishness and we will build enterprises, businesses, companies, whatever it is that we will then think oh, this is too big to fail, so we've got to do whatever it takes to keep this existing. I think the temptations yeah. for us increase organizationally when we see money as our provider and not God. With that being said, I you know, I wouldn't put that on this. I would not say that um that was the primary theme of in, by any means of this no, conference. No. But I do I do think in the same ways there are people that were in that room who were hoping to be loose from from trauma related to misogynoir and sexual abuse and harassment and uh, invisibility in society. Those are some of the themes I felt like came up. There are also just as many people who are who are needing to be loose from spiritual abuse and church hurt and trauma. And so t- we have to have a deep sensitivity to making sure that we are not being intentionally or unintentionally manipulative uh, when we are we're inviting people to contribute to the bu- building of of, of, of God's work, God's kingdom, right. Through our ties, offerings and gifts and talents or whatever it might be. Um, so, so, so I, I, I do, I, I get, I get exactly what you're saying. I can think about some specific moments when I was like, Oh, I don't know about that. I don't know about that right there. <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> um, and, and again, I, what I, what I inclined to say is like as a church woman as well, um, it would, would be something like our God is a cheerful giver. And let us mirror our God and our in in our generosity, yeah. <laughs> right? And, and and honestly, that's about it. You get two lines from me. Like God is a cheerful giver; He's given to us beyond what we can even fathom or tally up. Um, the, the generosity of Christ is beyond our imagination. He gave His very self for us. So let us be cheerful as we give right. to to each person what is laid upon your heart. And I just see that I have seen the Lord um, provide out of that. And again, I I, I recognize and. Um, that people have different traditions. I, I'm just very careful and cautious about that because there's, there is a uh, 
significant spiritual abuse oh piece that, can, that can easily creep up. One of the things that, that uh, Bishop Jake said that I found really interesting, and I was like, hmm, I would love to see this happen, is that he talked about uh, getting together with kind of this uh, diasporic uh, business yes. entrepreneurial group and bringing together um, uh, th- these these minds from from the continent, from Africa, and from, mm-hmm. I imagine from the Caribbean and other places, mm-hmm. and the United States, um, people of of African descent to have kind of this this think tank of um, to imagine uh, economic independence and prosperity Absolutely. and all those things, and I, that was fascinating to hear that right it. At, in the press conference at the Woman Thou Art Loose conference, <laughs> in the press room at the Woman Thou Art Loose yeah, conference, right? Uh, and, and so that I think that speaks to what we talked about, how is this a church service? Is this a conference? Is this a business launching? Is this a think tank? And I guess maybe the answer is it's all of the all above. <laughs> it's all of the above. And I think we had a unique vantage point as press because I think maybe your average attendee wasn't in those spaces to hear that. But we could see how that conference was being used to do a multiple things, which by the way, as people who have attended and spoken at conferences, we have been at conferences where we know that there are the main sessions and then there are certainly private closed door sessions (laughs) where there, there are other kind of hopefully and prayerfully plotting for good taking place as well. So that was, that was, that was interesting. And I, and with that being said, I know that there are people who um, who love the Lord Jesus Christ, who are brothers and sisters in the faith that, that right, that right there, that, that dynamic related to money, and and this projection of assumed promises because of what you give, that would have been a deal breaker for them. They they would have been out of the room like that. Right. That that would have, that that would not have been a fit. And I think for me, the reason why, even with the background that I just shared, um, I just I feel like I'm I'm familiar enough with this particular uh, church and theological context to do my own mental work on that and to say like, oh well, I'm, my conscience is not bound by that. <laughs> I'm just not, you know, I, I feel a sense of freedom, but I recognize that it is important and it is, it, it can be incredibly serious. Yeah. 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 No, absolutely. Yeah. And I'm, I'm, I was able to, you know, I, although it was triggering um, and it did take me back to that, mm-hmm. that church um, in, in that moment, I could still kind of like, I understand the, the context. I know what they're doing. I get, you know, I get the tradition. So I, you know, I understand. Um, but yeah, it could, it could have, you know, definitely um, been um, a, st- a stumbling block, I would say, you know, for some of those, who, some, for some, particularly in, um, you know, in the, in the wake and the fallout from the prosperity gospel, right? So many of our people, so many of our people been, have been totally. impacted by that. So I think there does need to be a particular, you know, um, sensitivity, um, you know, to that. And so, yeah. Yeah, for sure. And and for many people, they would say that that's what this, in their minds, that's what this conference completely represents. Right. For, for some people, yeah. right? And so, um, and, and, to, and to that, I would say that I think that we we need to be critically discerning everything, especially our own traditions that we sit comfortably in. That's where, that's where you want to do your most work, actually, yeah. is, the one, is the one that you're in. Um, it's pretty easy to look at one outside of yourself with judgment, but look, but look within uh, with, with um, spirit-filled discernment. So this is what I, I thought we might end our conversation here, E, um, because one of the things that, that has certainly gone viral, the big, big clip, right? Is uh, is this um, this moment where uh, Bishop Jakes kind of bestows this this honor of of ministry now and forward 
uh, to his beloved daughter, Sarah Jakes, right? And so this is people were crying and bawling and weeping and shouting. I mean, it was, it was yeah. in the room. It was, I mean, whatever you've seen online, trust me, it, it was, it was, it was 10 times definitely. more powerful in the room. This moment where you have this, not just this bishop, you have this father, you have a father saying, I see you and you have a giftedness that I need to kind of, I need to get out of the way from so that you can do what you have been called to do. And I'm, I'm going to have your back no matter what. So in that moment, the family therapist in me was like, there's all kinds of things that are happening in this moment <laughs> beyond ministry, by the way. Um, but, but we did have a moment before that happened in the press room where he gave us, I think, some foreshadowing about the way he sees women's empowerment um, and his own comfort level and appreciation for what he describes as strong women. So let's, let's take a moment to listen to that clip. So if we were to use a metric system of progression, we would look at how they treat women and you can measure how they are impacted economically, sociologically, and even psychologically by their attitudes about women. The hand that rocks the cradle rules the world, but not only does it rule the world as a mother, it can rule the boardroom, it can rule uh, elected officials. It can rule entrepreneurships. And because I was raised by an intelligent, articulate, educated black woman who graduated from HBCU in Tuskegee and went to school with Coretta Scott, I have never had a problem with bright women. I have never had a problem with bright women. And I want them to not allow the traumas of their past to... uh, limit or incarcerate or intimidate them for pursuing their dreams. Yeah, that was that was interesting. I think and and you know, um good to hear that um Bishop T D Jakes is not intimidated by, you know, smart, you know, uh women. Not a lot of men can say that. Not, not you know, um Well I would say a lot of men do say that, but whether or not they that's true, well, that's a whole nother story. <laughs> yeah, they, they say that and then when it comes down, you know, when it's time to pull up. You know, <laughs> where they be at, you know, but there is um, in in light in the wake of um, Women That Are Loose, the grand finale, mm-hmm. um, the homecoming. Home, homecoming. Um, I, I always keep wanting to say home going, but it's homecoming. Homecoming. Because of the black and gold thing. I don't know. Something. Yeah. Anyway. It, was, uh, it, it was very, it was giving very black college homecoming, which is the perfect season for it. Because that's what's actually happening. The HBCUs are having yeah. their big homecoming events right now. Yeah, they so, are. Yeah. I, I think that might have been intentional, but yes. Oh, everything was intentional. Everything was intentional. <laughs> it was on accident, that's for sure. Um, uh, but yeah, so so the, the questions really that, are rumbling in the Twitter streets and Instagram are kind of like, well, you know, is this conference really um, empowering or um, is it, uh, you know, is it the more the same, you know, um, patriarchy and sexism and, you know, or is that what this conference symbolizes and, you know, Props mm. up, you know. I think even people were calling into question. Some people, not not everybody, but some people were even calling into question the most, the viral and um, pivotal. Well, I think many people would consider the most pivotal moment of the conference when Bishop T.D. Jakes is um, passing the mantle or the torch, if you will, or mm. even commissioning. I would say, yeah, and he he, he anoints her with oil. And, and yeah. yeah, exactly, anointing. Um, his daughter, uh, Pastor Sarah Jakes Roberts. And so that was a viral moment uh, that we were there to witness and historic. 
moment that we were able to witness. And so why don't we take a, it was a long moment. So we're going to take a, a, a quick moment for y'all to, to watch that briefly. And we'll talk about it. <laughs> I want you to understand you have come full circle. You rose to the stage at Lakewood to introduce me and had the courage to tell your story at Woman Thou Art Loose. And now you're standing on the stage of Woman Thou Art Loose as I pass the baton. All of this when you were preaching this is hard when you were preaching last night and I sat on the steps I sat there as a watchman on the wall and I will sit there as long as I am alive when you made your announcement you said that when I invited you back to church when you had Malachi and stood you up and welcomed you back that you knew in that moment that I had your back. My hair is now gray. My body is stiff. I am now much older, but with all the strength and might that is within me, I sat over there as a watchman on the wall to say, I still, have your back. I want you to understand this is not a favor. This is not daddy. This is a divine assignment. That woman thou art loose must evolve. So see, the question on the table that is rumbling in the Twitter streets and the uh, the Black Christian Twitter streets, let me say that, you know, uh, about that moment and just the conference in general, is it empowering? Or, you know, so is, is, are, are, is Truth Table, are we loosed? Or bound. <laughs> they want to know. They want to know if we're loose or bound. <laughs> you know, like, is it empowering, or do you think it perpetuates um, the patriarchy? What, what, what say you? And just about that, even that moment um, there with uh, Pastor Sarah Jakes Roberts. Yeah, so much to say. I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, there's there's always so much to say, and I think um, there's almost there's all there's often much to say, and I think that. Sometimes we have to know when we are called to observe <laughs> and when we're uh, when we're called to critique. Mm -hmm. And there was something that was happening in that moment that I think was very very precious and very familial and very restorative 
they allowed us to have, I think, a peek into um, their worlds. And it wasn't their worlds as just um, faith leaders. It was within their family dynamic. And so, and so that, that part, I'm not going to, you know, I wouldn't touch because I'm just like, you know, um, I, I, what I saw was a father, um, publicly attempt to put pieces together for a daughter who has been broken by the PK system, the preacher's kids system. That's right. And we don't talk enough about it. We, and I mean, as, as a mom of preacher's kids, I have a deep sensitivity towards that, uh, yeah. What we what we ask PKs to endure, and then the way that we mock them and caricature them and stereotype mm-hmm. them, and well, you know how PKs are. No, actually, most PKs are really upstanding <laughs> and burdened, and um, and have dedicated their lives to trying to honor and serve their parents um, and what their parents have found important, which is the life of the church. And so, all that to say is that in that moment, particularly as a mom, as the mother of preachers' kids, I. I, I could see the deep beauty and restoration in it. Now we we got now we got some slight theological differences, and you know that. Um, so you know if you if if you're taking words like you know I must decrease so you increase, like you know that kind of language, I, I tend to be a little bit more um, more of a stickler about what what text I might pull from um, to to make my points. And I and I know that there are some people who could even hear that in that recording and go like, what? Um, and then there are others that are like, yes, that's beautiful, you know, or or, or don't feel like that's even from the Bible because they may not even have a handle that where that text <laughs> comes from, right? Awesome. Which, hey, no shame, no shame. Um, but but I, I, I feel like I have a sense of what the bishop was saying in that moment. I will say this: It is not uncommon for women's conferences to be led by women, even the, even in the most patriarchal, complementarian context. So, this idea that a woman's conference would go into the hands of a capable woman—okay, <laughs> like e- even people who are like, I don't think women should be preaching, uh, typically, typically are uh, kind of kind of in that world. They're in that lane. Uh, Do you think that's what that was all that we, that Bishop T.D. Jakes was telegraphing in that moment? Was just the handover, you know. I think that's also some of the debate here. Is like, well, what exactly is he? Yeah. I, think, I, I think that's literally what he was doing. I think yeah. implicitly he was saying that her voice ought to replace his voice, um, yeah. in right. terms of its national and global influence. But this is already a man who, um, for, you know, and again, black church doesn't use traditional black church does not use language like complementarian egalitarian. But in many ways, I mean, TD Jakes recognizes women as preachers, bishops, mm-hmm. church leaders, et cetera, already. Now, now, people may have other issues with with, with uh, Bishop Jakes about, you know, as it relates to the topic of gender, and they can certainly put those critiques out. But this is not like, it's, it's not like he's all of a sudden having this epiphany of like, you know what, I think, I think women should be preachers. No, no, no. no that's not, <laughs> that's not this tradition, by the way. <laughs> so um, in that moment, I think explicitly he was saying, I'm handing this over to you, what has been built, and you are the embodiment of it. You are the woman that has been loosed, once bound by shame and critique and burden, even from the church, and you have overcome it. And look at what God has done in you. And I, your father, bless you. I I, I honor you. Um, mm-hmm. I recognize who you are. And in some ways, I submit to and I fan the flame of, of the gifting that God has given you. That was a that was a profound moment and and thing. With that being said, on the most um, literal interpretation, no, it's not shocking that a woman's conference would now be in the hands of a woman. <laughs> That's not shocking. What 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 are your thoughts, E? Yeah, you know, um, I thought that that moment was uh it was pretty 
pretty surreal. Honestly, it was very, very surreal. Um, pretty, pretty dramatic. Pretty dramatic. <laughs> it was dramatic. It was. It was. Given some green leaf, I was like, wow. <laughs> it was profound. It was profound. What's going on? Um, I thought so. This was interesting. So I got to we got to experience the conference through the eyes of um, a young sister whom we love, her who we met there, yes. Mallory. Yes. Shout out to Mallory, Mallory, um, who is an e-member, you know, um, of the Potter's House, loves, love, 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 Sarah J, Pastor Sarah Jakes Roberts, like, oh, yes. literally, and, and, my ear. Yes, and her, husband, and her husband as well. Mm-hmm. Pastor Tori Roberts, exactly. She was like, that's my pastor. And then she yelled in my ear when, uh, <laughs> oh my gosh, oh my gosh. Like, I, I was taking it back. I was taking it back. So, <laughs> I got to experience this, you know, uh, as one who was a church woman, an old school church woman. I got to experience the conference through her eyes too. So that was interesting to kind it of. It was very interesting. It was, it was so necessary for us, though. I think that she gave us an education that was so important. Yeah, um, and so when you talk about when when Bishop T. D. Jakes, you know, commissioned uh, or anointed uh, Pastor Sarah Jakes Roberts, and says, you know, I was the voice of my generation, and mm-hmm. now and you are. And now you are, you know, the voice of, you know, your generation. I was like, okay. I was like, yes. Like, cause I can see the ways that uh, Mallory and that and her cohort, <laughs> um, they really connect, you know, yeah, um, totally with, uh, with uh, Pastor Sarah Jakes Roberts. I'm a bit more old school. So I like straight up flat footed preaching. That's just get in that text. And please, that's me. Like, you know what I mean? So I, I kind of, you saw, so I'm like, okay. So it was interesting for me to hear um, and to learn from her on that, in that, in that way, that, um, that, that final and closing, you know, um, session of the conference or the pinnacle you know, of the conference, mm-hmm. uh, when Bishop T.D. Jakes is, um, speaking life over, mm-hmm. um, over his daughter, you know, they, they were father and daughter in that moment. It's totally. yes, totally. there's machinations going on. Yes, there's theatrics. Yes, I mean it is black church after all. We're gonna have some, <laughs> there's gonna be some razzle dazzle. There's gonna be some razzle dazzle. It is what it is, you know. But there's gonna be some razzle dazzle. <laughs> it's what it is. That that that's a that's just across the board. That's some global diaspora continental. Yes. I, I I received it. Carry on. That's so shenanigans you know there's gonna be some razzle dazzle that's what it is you know but i saw father and and, and daughter in that moment uh, yeah, yeah, saw yeah. Him speaking life into the soul of his daughter that's exactly what i thought too yeah for sure bound by shame and trauma from a childhood pregnancy that um, she just has not been able to get over that wall you know what I mean? Because it's a wall of trauma and shame. And so to hear her father affirm her, appoint her, anoint her, commission her, you could tell that meant everything to her, you know, yes. which is why she fell out, you know, um, on, on the uh, altar that they brought out somehow. And so, you know, I was like, hey, I thought, and I, and I was hoping and praying. And in that moment I was praying, I was like, I'm praying that she, that Pastor Sarah Jakes Roberts gets everything all the feeling that she needs in this moment so she can fulfill the call on her life to proclaim the excellencies of Jesus Christ. Because our trauma, God uses it. He forms us, you know, through it. I don't, I wouldn't go as far to say God ordained. <laughs> like, I think that we got to be careful 
when we talk about people's traumas and suffering, but God will use that, right? Somehow, some way he will use it for his glory and for our good. To some degree, somehow, mysteriously, his ways are far above our own. Um, but our trauma in and of itself, our suffering in, a, in and of itself is not salvific. We cannot preach our trauma. We cannot. We cannot continue to. It, it, it does not have saving power. It has resonance. You might get a shout or two, but ultimately it cannot keep us. It is only the gospel of Jesus Christ that has the power to save, heal, and deliver. And so I pray that in that moment, she got that healing that she needs so that she can proclaim with power the gospel of Jesus Christ, which will, that has the power to save, heal, and deliver the sisters that came to be loosed. What say you see? Well, you go ahead and co-preach, why don't you? <laughs> this is my problem. I be <laughs> This is my problem. No, no. I mean, I no. Yeah, ditto to all the things, and and yet I think. Um, but it was powerful. It was so. So, God gives us. God allows for us to have a, a variety of different ramps through the seasons of our sanctification. That's right. And so where where I might be where I might be receiving nurturance today could be very different. Spiritual nurturance and maturation could be very different than where the Lord has me in a decade or where He had sure. me a decade in the past, right? And so in some ways I looked at it that way too. I thought like, well, this this isn't necessarily like my thing, but 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 <laughs> but my thing is uh seeing people set free by the gospel. Absolutely. Uh, having a joy that persists regardless of circumstance. I mean, that's supernaturally given. Um, the, the scripture being opened and 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 rightly divided for us to mature and grow within it. Um, the prodigals returning home, like th- that is my thing. And so even though the expression had some pieces to it that I would say like, eh, this ain't really my jam. And also I would probably do a little less of this and have a little bit more of this or whatever. I recognize it. Everything's not for me. So I, I, tried, I tried to also experience the event rebuking kind of sometimes this narcissistic pull when we are experiencing uh, an event that that right. I may not I may not have been the first audience. That's exactly um, I was gonna say we might have the target audience. And that's yeah. and that's okay. Ex- exactly, exactly. And so and that's okay. Cause I don't, you know, as long as the as long as the audience who it was made for, I'm thinking about the women that were around me. And, and, right. and at one moment TD Jakes, you know, he's speaking to her, but he kind of he turns to the audience. It's 10, 20,000. That's right. Lo- largely Largely black women, but there are women that are from other parts of the world. There are certainly uh, women who identify as white in the room, but largely black women uh, to the tune of almost 20,000 women in this space. And he turns from his daughter, you know, blessing her and, and affirming her. And then he turns to the audience and says, and he's, he's right on the nose. He's like, for those of you who did not have a father do this, I am doing this for you now in their place. And I, and around me, I heard people yell out a soul cry. It's it, it was like the it's kind of butt, cry. It's, it's, it, it's, it's the type of cry that you cry when you get the call that says your son's not coming back home. Uh-huh. It was it was like a cut to the gut. Oh, no. And that I was like, oh, oh, we need that. Mm-hmm. And, and and in that moment, and this, this is not hard to figure mm-hmm. out, but that is what Jake's, I think, embodies, yeah. Bishop Jake's yeah. embodies is a surrogate proxy yeah. of, of fatherhood. Now, people can critique that. They can have issues with that. It is what it is. We need, we need paternal affirmation in the same way that we need maternal affirmation. That's we right. just, we, we, the humans need this. I mean, it's a thing that we need. The humans need it. Yeah, we need it. And there's a unique way in which 
um, the daughters of the African diaspora need for the men of the, of the African diaspora to turn to them and say, you have value, you have place, I will protect you, I will honor you, I have your back. And, and in that sense, there was a rippling and I think the Lord blessed that. It was a rippling of healing that people could reach out and grab a hold of if that is what they needed in that moment. And that's, that's not necessarily my story. I feel, I, you know, we, we, uh, we have dads who that we would say we would, we could testify it by God's grace that, you know, that, 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 that adore, that love us, adore us or whatever. And they're like, girl, be smart. Do the thing that you do and stop acting yeah, like you ain't but smart. But I will right. say this in that moment while you're, while you're bringing it up so I don't forget is that when he did that, you know, I thought about my own father. That's and right. Like, oh my gosh. Like, I'm sure she knows what a gift it is, but does she know how much of a gift that will be when many, many years from now, God willing, Pastor uh, Bishop T.D. Jakes goes on to glory. That's right. And she has that video footage. But that's what he even told her. He, yes, even, he did tell her that. Yeah, he I, told her to keep the footage because this, you will have this when I'm long gone. It over. I can't imagine. I would love to have video footage of my father. There's, yeah, I have a faint recollection of his voice. I can barely remember his voice. Yeah. You know, yeah. and so try not to cry, but yeah. no, it, ma- it, it matters. It matters. It matters. It matters. And, and, it, and, I, and I would say this, it is time out for any type of, of theological and sociological belief that shames black women from wanting validation. Oh yeah. From a godly oh, yeah. paternal source. That oh. is, that is not womanism. Let me just push back uh, just oh, a little bit oh, on yeah. that. And, and, and I'm, and I'm talking about womanism that comes from its original roots oh, from, yeah. from, oh. from, from Mariah Stewart, from Tubman, from the people who's who put their, from those who put their bodies on the line mm-hmm. in the name of, of, of womanism and black you, women's place in society. And so there is there is this kind of rumbling critique that when there is a black woman who says, I would long to have a paternal figure or a, 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 a black male say, I see you, I honor you, that, oh, you're weak. You should say that to yourself. No, no. There, there needs to be an echoing of affirmation. We desperately need community. And there is no shame in that. So in that moment, I was like, I receive this for what it is. And yet at the, and yet at the same time, I'm like, you know. There are there are some dynamics here that are a little different than how I roll, but it is what it is. It ain't for me. It ain't for me. <laughs> but yeah, it, it, I, I could appreciate that moment for what it was. So even even in all of our you know our praise, right. and some of our um, hopefully gracious critique, I hope you hear that we caught the spirit of what was meant to be conveyed. You know, and yeah. so I well, of what I think was meant to be conveyed. You know, um, yes. Bishop T.D. Jakes literally passed the torch, literally, got it, very fancy torch. Um, literally, literally. <laughs> All right now. Um, and so, and I ain't gonna lie, I said, he was anointing her, her her hair, and I was like, oh, Lord, this week. But yeah, that's all right. That's all right. Push through, because it's me. This is me. You know, this is why I still need to be loose. I need to be loose. First of all, you know that, you know, the, 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 they were flawless now. The they were flawless. They were flawless. You know, shout, out, shout, shout out to the hair, makeup, and oh, ensemble yeah. team. <laughs> yes, they, were, they, were, they had it together. Snapped. Okay, so, um, snatched. And uh, he passed that the torch on, and so he did past like yes this is you know woman thou art loose to evolve and so woman evolve right. is now the new iteration if you will uh that's gonna be moving on in the spirit of woman thou art loose the whole which machine. which already which already existed but they're gonna put all the machine higher behind it yeah put the whole woman thou art loose machine behind woman evolve and it will be held at the potter's house in dallas 
He also mentioned that on the stage. Um, I think implicitly, um, I, I believe that this is probably the start of maybe a succession plan um, sure. where eventually pastors, this is my own, you know, my own thing. They did not say this explicitly, you know, or maybe they did not miss it. Very possible. It was a long session, a lot of emotions, lots going on. So, <laughs> so where, where she will eventually be taking over. This is my own theory, my, my words of the Potter's house, you know, eventually that that succession plan to me, it seemed to be implicitly that that is what is also mm-hmm. um, going to be taking place from what I could ascertain mm-hmm. in that moment. Because people call, well, what are you passing on? What really is the, you know? And so from my vantage point as somebody who was there, that is what I observed as a member of the press and somebody who, you know, is also. Yeah. 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 And and I think with that being said, it was, it was, it, it was an anointing of her specifically, right. Oh, yeah. As kind of this voice of the generation, but also this positioning of her spouse. And her husband. Yes. Uh, yeah. To, Ray Roberts. Yes. Yeah. To, to, to care for her. And there was an honor that was given to him. Yes. Basically for being, being the type of husband that, that is, um, that 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 loves to see his wife shine. That's right. right? And there was there was a, there was a you know very public honor that was given to him and an embrace by Bishop Jakes as a son, which I'm sure has happened before. But in that moment, yeah, it, it was kind of like yeah. it was like you are my son, and, right. and and that he has a unique calling of. Uh, and again, this is where you get into the traditionalism elements, right? He he yeah. was. It, we were, it was articulated that he is was the, there to make sure that she is protected and covered. And covered. Now, here we go. If you now, if the, if the language of of male protection and covering is a thing, <laughs> right? We got work. You know, there it is. With, with that being said, for women who have felt that they have long been uncovered and unprotected and thrown to the wolves, the idea of a kind and godly man saying, "I don't want to steal your light. I want you to shine, but I am here to have your back." I'm sorry. That's a very lovely thing. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord for that. I, I mean- and, and again, let us need not, we need not be ashamed <laughs> of such. Correction, I'm not ashamed of such. Please have my back. Please cover me. Thank you very much. Yeah. Um, and, 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 and don't do that in a way that is really a sabotage to dim, dim my light or my abilities. But to have that combination, I would imagine, is what many, many Black Christian women would, would love to have a father figure, a spouse figure who says, I want your light to shine. Um, and, and yet I also have, I also have your back and I'm here to protect you in this world that is absolutely ridiculous and, and comes for you with misogynoir on a daily basis. Uh-huh. Um, so that was beautiful. I think in some ways to see that performed or illustrated out before us, and it'll be interesting to see what the next Five, ten, fifteen yeah, years old. Right. That's right. Uh, in the life of these ministries. That's right. Yeah. So yeah. So you know, prayers. You know, to um, pastors Roberts. You know, and to Bishop T D Jakes, and that the Lord would just continue to uphold them um, and keep them um, faithful. You know, yeah. in the calling and under the weight, yeah. <laughs> under the weight of that calling, it is weighty. I mean, one of the, I, I would say this one of the things with within our, the life of this this podcast that we have attempted to be very careful about, you know, I'm, I'm real serious about this is the way that we talk about people. Oh, yeah. And and this can include people who we like, you are as wrong as the day is long. And this can be people that we're like, we adore this person. Mm-hmm. And so we want to make sure that we maintain our reputation of truthfulness, but also honoring of people. And so okay. our, our decision to actually process with you our real feelings, <laughs> um, but to do it in a way where we want to honor what God is doing in the lives of these people. We recognize that we are walking a delicate type 
tightrope to do that. Uh, and we also know that there are a lot of people who are not going to do it because we understand the ways in which way, the ways in which megachurch culture works. We definitely understand the, the ways in which evangelism uh, evangelicalism works. We understand Power dynamics. We. We, we get it. There are a lot of people who can have all kinds of thoughts and feelings. They're never going to say I'm them publicly because everybody's connected to everybody. And it's like, well, you ain't going to never come back at the press because you didn't just say it was amazing in all the ways. Goodbye. And, and with that being said, I think we probably will come back and be able to cover it again. <laughs> but 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 nevertheless, I do think um, we work very hard to be to be honorable and to be fair um, in the way that we talk about the Lord's servants. And at the end, and at the end of the day, and at the end of the day, this is who we're talking about. And we've we've attempted to have that same level of care, respect, and honor for the last several years in which we've had uh, this podcast. And so we encourage those who are listening as well for us all to speak about (laughs) um, our our faith leaders in a way that holds them accountable, that's honest, but that maintains. That maintains, you know, integrity for their humanity. And so with that being said, I'm so grateful that we were extended this invitation to cover Woman Thou Art Loose and all that we got to learn and to experience with thousands, largely thousands of women, but even largely black women from around the United States and even outside of the States. It was something that I will not forget anytime soon. Oh yeah. It was, it was a true gift. It was a true gift to cover the conference, you know, with you and yeah, among a sea, you know, of black women, you know, and seeing them, you know, get what they came for, you know? And so that was, that was a blessing. And I'm, and I'm grateful for the ways that God met us during the conference too, even though we were working, the Lord met us too. And so I'm, I'm grateful for that. And I'm, I am literally waiting for the footage to come out so I can watch the sermons again, because you know how I do. I will wear a sermon out the same way I wear a song out. I will play that thing. Listen, listen. and while Akim, while Kimney was co-preaching, I can assure you that I believe that I am the uh, backup singer for all the people present. So yes, yes uh, Tasha Cobbs, uh, Fantasia, yes. Sheila E. I was like, I, I see you. I got you. What part would you like? She's a co-worship leader. I'm the co-preacher. <laughs> I was like, now I'm not gonna I'm not gonna do my part correctly, but you can pretend that I have a part that I'm soprano or alto or tenor on this, and I will and I will do what I want to do. Basically, is what's gonna happen when I sing. But but I I loved um, yeah being in a place that was just so free, and also seeing all those all those women, but especially black women with their shaking shaking like those pom poms, those gold pom poms. Again, again, yeah, that was again, interesting. Again, yeah. the whole home the homecoming theme, just the celebration element, yeah, and then declare woman thou. Are loose like over and over again. I was like, "What is happening?" There's <laughs> <laughs> a lot going on here. <laughs> I was like, what? "Listen, you got well." And listen, you, you look if, if you want to be loosed, listen, make it your make it your business. No, no, that was good. That was good. It was yeah. It was like, oh wow, yeah, those those gold pom poms. That was cool. That was, and the merch was worried actually. <laughs> Really cool fan that they gave us, you know, that says woman that are loose. Really cool. Oh, so yeah, so no, we had a a, a, a really, really good time. I, I can't wait to hear what y'all sisters got to say, you know. Um, because they got something to say. <laughs> I watched it virtually, so I would love to hear. We would love to hear what you all 
um, thought about uh, about that. And I, I pray that we will be loosed from labor. You know, I pray that we'll be loosed from even spiritual labor. I think that there's ways that sometimes we can go into these things and we can actually come out sometimes more heavy laden than before, depending on, you know, on uh, on how something is preached, right? And just kind of like, okay, you got to do this again. It's like, oh my gosh, faith calls us to rest. And I know we need to be re- loosed into rest yeah. <laughs> is my hope and prayer for all um all black women. So anyway, see, I'm so glad we got to sit around the table to talk about woman thou art loosed. And um, of course, we want to thank our sisters at the table for joining us this week. Please, let's keep the conversation going. Tweet us your thoughts about this episode using the hashtag, what is episode truth table? Thou art loosed or bound. <laughs> Use the hashtag truth table. And if y'all didn't know, truth table has a black woman's Facebook discipleship group. So make sure to follow truth table on Facebook, join our group today, answer all the questions. One of them is, are you a black woman? Invite your homegirls to join us to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at truth table. Or you can also email us your thoughts about this episode. Cause I know it's a sensitive one at ask truthstable at gmail.com. Don't forget to rate and review the show on iTunes and subscribe on your favorite podcast player. Truth Table has a Patreon account, so y'all can send your love offerings to patreon.com slash truthstable, or you can bless us at our PayPal, which is paypal.me slash truthstable. Truthstable is made possible in part by Pottery Studios. Visit pottery.com for the highest in quality online audio entertainment. Our producer for the show is Joshua Heath. Our executive producer is Bo York. Our video producer is Daryl Bradford, and we have been your hosts, Akemini and Christina. We'll see you soon on the next Truth Table. Bye, y'all.